So let's talk a little bit more about how electrons are distributed around molecules. And one of the first great American chemists name was G.N. Lewis, and you can see the dates there. And Lewis did a lot of things. We're going to talk about Lewis both this uh, in this class and also in Chem 223. But anyway, Lewis came up with the idea that you can, dis um, you can depict electrons, how they're placed in molecules, with what's, uh, what became called a Lewis electron electron dot structure, or a dot structure, an electron dot structure, or something like that. And loose electron structures are really cool for chemists because it kind of shows where the electrons are in a molecule, and you can make predictions on reactivity, all kinds of stuff using them. Lewis's idea basically revolved around what's called a valence electron. And the valence electrons are essentially the electrons that are involved in the bonding. We'll talk about this in a little bit. So first of all, from that statement, I hope you realize not all electrons in an atom will be involved with bonding. Some of them are gonna be really deep to the nucleus and they're not gonna be interested. But these valence electrons will, and the valence electrons will be placed in what are gonna be called bonding pairs and lone pairs pairs. And a bonding pair is just a pair of electrons between two atoms. A lone pair is essentially two electrons on a single atom only. And we'll see how these all play out here in a little bit. Let's say we wanted to draw the structure for hydrogen monochloride, HCl, all right? Well, the first thing that you're going to see that you will end up doing is you'll draw a line between the H and the Cl. And all this is is essentially a type of glue holding the H to the Cl. You've got to have something connecting the two of them. Well, that line right there is what we used for a bonding pair, a shared pair or a bonding pair we represent through lines. So lines are used when there's a bond between two atoms. On the other hand, Cl, as we're going to see, has not one, two, but actually three lone pairs around it, LPs. Lone pairs are only on one atom. Hydrogen, we're going to see, doesn't have any lone pairs, but chlorine has three. So this thing right here, this molecule, is really the Lewis structure for HCl. And we're going to see how this came around here in a little bit. But we would describe the HCl molecule as having a bonding pair between the hydrogen and the chlorine, and the chlorine has three lone pairs around it. Now, if you count up the pairs around chlorine, there's three lone pairs and one bonding pair for four pairs total. The four pairs, which is basically eight electrons, is going to be kind of important to us here coming up. But hopefully you can see that we always draw lines for bonding pairs and lone pairs are represented by dots. If the two electrons from two separate atoms smash into each other, they call it a head-to-head -head overlap. Now, head-to-head -head overlap just means that those electrons are basically smacking into each other, and they smack so hard they essentially stick. And if this happens, then you create what's called a sigma bond. And this little symbol right there is Greek sigma, all right? Sigma is used to represent the head-to-head -head overlap. 
that. Now, in Chem 221, we talked about how the electron spin of atoms can be up or down. So you can see the blue circle right there has like an up spin, and that figure eight red P orbital has a electron in a down spin. Those two electrons are smacking together, and it's this part right in the middle right there all right that's the true sigma bond it's where the two of them smack together all right and that's what a, we're going to talk a lot about sigma bonds and stuff and sigma bonds is just the overlap between the two orbitals now here's the individual atoms the blue one let's say it's a hydrogen hydrogen has just a single electron if you remember from chem 221 and chlorine if you take away the neon core has a 3s2 3p5 configuration and also if you remember p's can hold up to six electrons so that chlorine has one orbital with a single electron it's that orbital which is smacking into the 1s orbital of hydrogen making the overlap the sigma bond here you can actually see the two electrons now after this we would always write hcl where the line represents the blue electron and the red electron we're not going to use dots or anything for individual electrons between atoms anymore however hopefully you get the idea that's really what's happening when you draw a something like that. So this is the bond between the hydrogen and Cl in hydrogen monochloride. It's a sigma bond. We would write a single line between them. Sometimes we'll call it a single bond, and that's totally legit. This is the glue that holds H to Cl. Each atom has a single unpaired electron, all right? The hydrogen had the 1s1, the chlorine has a 3p5, and one of those orbitals has just a single 3p electron. It's those orbitals, the single occupied electrons that smack together. You've got an up and a down, everything comes together. This is how bonds are made in chemistry. So let's talk about how to figure out how many electrons in an atom are actually going to participate in chemistry. And to do so, we need to talk about core electrons and valence electrons. Now, boron, if you remember from Chem 221, has a total of five electrons when it's neutral. Its atomic number is five on the periodic table. That means five protons, but a neutral atom would have five electrons as well. Then when you start putting electrons in, 1s2 is first, followed by 2s2 and 2p1. Another thing is that if you remember from the noble gas notation, the 1s2 is essentially a helium core. So you could write it helium 2s2 2p1. And that's actually important here because those helium 1s2 electrons are so neck deep in the electron in the atom that they're really close to the nucleus and they're held really, really tightly. So we call those the core electrons. They're the ones that are closest to the nucleus. And the outer ones, the outer electrons, which in this case are 2s2, 2p1, those are the ones that are going to react. So the core electrons for boron equals 2. 
two. It's the 1s2 electrons. And the valence electrons are the ones that are farthest out. Remember that both uh, 2s2 and 2p1 both have n equals 2, and as n gets bigger, you get farther from the nucleus. So those three electrons, the 2 and the 2s2 and the 1 and the 2p1, those are the valence electrons. Notice that core electrons plus valence electrons equals total electrons. So boron has five electrons total, two of them are core, and three of them are valence. Bromine, if you remember from Chem 221, has an argon, and if you're uh, getting ready to take them out, it has an argon 3d10 4s2 4p5 electron configuration. It's one away from krypton, number 35. And if you think back to what we did with boron, you can probably imagine then that it's the 4s2 4p5 electrons. Those are furthest from the nucleus. They have the biggest n, NF4. The argon and 3d10s, those are going to be deep in next to the nucleus, and those will be the core electrons. So when it comes to bromine then, all right, the core ones are all the n equals 3 and less. So that's going to be all of the argon plus 3d10. The valence are going to be the highest n, so the 4s2, 4p5. So what that means then is that uh, bromine has a total of 7 valence electrons, the 2 plus 5 for the 4s2, 4p5. On the other hand, argon, which is 18 plus 10 for 3d10, there's going to be 10 plus 18 or 28 core electrons. And if we've done this correctly, 28 plus 7 should equal 35. It does. So this is cool. Now this is a real in-depth way to analyze what's core and what's valence for an atom. And it basically comes down to the fact that higher n electron orbitals are going to contribute to the valence electrons. But there's a much easier way to do it than this. This is basically the periodic table for the main group uh, nonmetals and a few of the metals. And the punchline of all of this is that the number of valence electrons equals the group number. Now, if you're going to use this, you must use what I call the American version of the periodic table, where 1a is on the left side and 8a is on the far right side. And then, then you have uh, 2a, 3a is boron, 4a, etc. This does not work with the international version of the periodic table, which goes 1 through 18. So please use the quote-unquote American version here. But anyway, the number of valence electrons literally is equal to the group number. So hydrogen we saw earlier is in, has one valence electron or one electron total. That means it's going to have one valence electron. Now lithium is in the same group as hydrogen. Lithium is also a one valence electron system. All of the group 1a metals and non-metal in case of hydrogen are going to have one valence electron. So that includes sodium underneath lithium, potassium, etc, etc. But lithium has a total of three electrons. So if you want to know how many core electrons lithium has, you take the total electrons, which are three, you subtract the number of valence electrons, and that's one because lithium's in group 1a. Lithium has two core electrons. Cool. Let's skip over to 6a, that's oxygen. 
Oxygen has a total of eight electrons. Group 6A means that there are six valence electrons. Eight minus six, oxygen's going to have two core electrons. The only one this doesn't work for is right up here in the right, and that's why I put it there. Helium uh, does not have eight valence electrons. <laughs> helium has only two electrons. Um, helium is so stable. Uh, I would argue it hasn't made any compounds yet at all. So honestly, helium's kind of a non-player when it comes to making molecules. Most of the noble gases are pretty tough. Helium, I would argue, is as close to impossible as I as a scientist can claim it is uh, to make a compound. So helium uh, doesn't really do anything on these. Uh, neon, which is right below helium, has eight valence electrons, and 10 minus eight, it would have two core electrons. So it does work for neon down, but with helium, it does not have valence electrons. It only has two electrons, so it's kind of weird. So with that one caveat aside, two cool things came from this slide. Uh, first of all, if you're using the American version of the periodic table, the number of valence electrons equals the group number, and that's pretty cool. Second is that you can figure out core electrons by taking the total electrons and subtracting the valence electrons from it. This is the first of the iClicker question uh, for Chem 222. And if this was an actual class, this is an opportunity for you to get some extra credit. You can use an iClicker to participate in the questions. I'm gonna show a question here in a little bit. It's gonna have so many answers. With the iClicker, you could pick the right, uh, what you think is the right answer, and then we'll talk about what the right answer is. And again, in a real lecture situation, this would be worth extra credit. Now, in this particular video lecture, Unfortunately, I don't have an extra credit option for you. However, I do encourage you to, when the question comes up, you can kind of pause the video, think about what you think the right answer is, and then I will talk about what the actual answer is and talk about how you'd get there. It's a great way to learn. Hopefully it makes these kind of boring, probably video static lectures a little bit more exciting. Um, so iClickers and these questions, I think, have real merit. Uh, on the other hand, you can't get extra credit right now, but you can at least learn as we go along. So in a little bit here, I'm going to have the first question and I do encourage you to pause it, think about it and stuff before pausing, starting the video again. So the first question here is how many valence electrons are in phosphorus? And phosphorus is P on the periodic table. If you haven't looked at the periodic table for a while, phosphorus is number 15. And 15 does represent uh, some kind of electron thing. But we're looking here for the valence electrons. And again, the punchline of all of this is that the group number equals the number of valence electrons. And phosphorus is in group 5A. So 5 is going to be the number of valence electrons it has. Everything in group 5 is going to have 5 valence. So that's nitrogen above it, arsenic below that, etc., etc. It's kind of cool, but these are the electrons which are going to be involved in bonding. Kind of cool to know.